The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Doctor's Lounge Show with Dr. Hal Schurz. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and every week... I and my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, come to you with information that you need so that you can help to make decisions that will be appropriate um, for you and for your family when it comes to your health care needs. We try to provide for you the information that is not readily available that involves health care. And um, we try to present this in a way that makes some sense of what's happening because there's really um, a lot of confusion about where we are right now in our place in the world. And with healthcare, this is um, probably one of the more important things that affects people's lives every day. So that's what the doc's doctor's lounge is all about and why we are doing what we are doing. The docs, the, I'm sorry, the, the doctor's lounge is supported by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician healthcare, um, led think tank in the country. And, um, we, uh, as a, as an organization stand for physician, um, freedom for the doctor patient relationship and for healthcare freedom for every, um, American in this country. And we will continue to do everything that needs to be done to try to um, promote those um, those goals. So we need your help, and and we need you to go to our website at d4pc.org, dc for the dc. I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little slow this morning. Docsforpatientcare.org, d4pcfoundation.org, and um, help to support. Our organization, which um, uh, needs your help, and I talk about this every single week that I'm here on the show, and the need is great. We need your help, so please be generous and go to our website and and help us to do what we're doing. Now, people I've heard ask me, what is the value proposition of helping docs for patient care? And supporting our organization. Well, you don't necessarily get anything for doing, uh, being a supporter of Dodge for Patient Care, just like you don't get anything for being a supporter of the American Cancer Society or the, um, or the, uh, Heritage Foundation or, or any of the other organizations who are doing great work out there trying to um, promote ideals that are important to you, to your family, to America. So what does the Docs for Patient Care Foundation do? Well, we do this radio show, and I think that this is important because it provides information that uh, you might not necessarily hear through the um, outlets that um, you're accessing for your information, sp- specifically when it comes to healthcare. Docs for Patient Care Foundation really stood up direct primary care and helped to nurture and um, 
and and grow that movement, which hopefully will continue to grow and and provide the kind of health care options for more and more Americans across the country as their options become less and less viable. We've fought against the certificate of need laws that um, restrict competition. Restricting competition among doctors hurts patients and it hurts, it hurts your pocketbooks. And, um, we've been called, uh, upon by many states that are trying to fight back against laws that are restrictive and keeping doctors from being able to open up facilities to compete. We've, uh, created, um, initiatives in Washington. Right now, politics is is um, a mess. I guess it's always a mess, but it's messier right now than ever before, and the people who want to listen to us are, um, are less numerous than they once were. That's your fault as the electorate for, for allowing that to happen. But nonetheless, it is what it is. And um, when we have people in Washington who are um, receptive to the healthcare messages that we want to deliver, then that's what we do. That's our job to really give people in Washington and in state governments the information that they need so that the laws that they pass will um, not be Punitive or restrictive as far as your health care is concerned, but they will enable more freedom on your part. And we stand for new projects that we're undertaking on a regular basis, one of which is the Physician's Health uh, Wellness Initiative that I think is very important, making sure that doctors can get the mental health that they need without fearing that they're going to lose their medical licenses when you have impaired physicians that hurts you it hurts the public and doctors who need help just like any other individual should be able to seek it and receive it without fear that their career is going to be ended that's why you need to support docs for patient care and um and I, I'm not going to do this today, but I think it would be really important for those of you who are regular listeners to hear the doc, Docs for Patient Care story from the beginning, which I'm going to uh, go through with you um, on an upcoming show. But those are the reasons why you need to support Docs for Patient Care, support this radio show, and um, we really need your help now more than ever. So please be generous and open up your pocketbooks and uh, and allow our organization to continue to exist in this radio show to continue to uh, broadcast. So I know that so many of you are tired of hearing rants that I may deliver on the slow degradation of our country and and the politics, I mean, politics is everywhere. We cannot avoid that. This is just the nature of the society that we live in. And politics is, is a, a integral part of everything, including healthcare. Um, but this degradation that we're seeing is happening in virtually every aspect of our lives. The attack is on multiple fronts, and it makes it very, very difficult to fight back and stop it. 
But make no mistake, the leftists, the Marxists, the people who are controlling things right now in this country and are are um, uh, basically dictating the narrative and what we're talking about, they want to control everything in your lives. They're not. They're not satisfied in just having some of their policies instituted. They want total control over you. They're brainwashing your children in in government schools, not just government schools, but in all schools, um, by teaching them things that parents don't even know about or didn't know about until the pandemic when they their eyes were opened and they saw what their children were learning. If you want to make lemonade out of lemons, look at the finally taking, pulling back the curtain on American education in this country. That's what the pandemic allowed us to see. The left is destroying all the norms in our country. They're destroying religion. They're destroying right to life. They're destroying gender. They're destroying all norms. They do it because by destroying everything, they can create the utopian society that they want to establish. And that utopian society is based on government. It's giving government all the power and making all the rules. And when they do that, they take away your freedoms. The bigger the government the smaller the individual. That's what Dennis Prager always says to quote him, and he's right. The left wants all your money. You know, you don't earn, you don't own what you own. You own it because the government allows you to own it in their view. And all the money that you have right now, the government, the left, the leftist government believes that they are entitled to, unless you are part of that elitist ruling class. But if you're just an individual, you are um, allowed to keep the money that you earn because of the good graces and and uh, largesse of the government. The left wants to remain in power forever. And they do this by controlling the information that you receive so you can't make decisions for yourself that that would allow you to make sensible decisions and you believe the things that you're hearing, which is quite the opposite of what they're doing. Everything that's bad is being attributed to conservatives and everything that's good is left when it's just the opposite. And that's because of the flow of information only being in one direction. And the left wants to keep power also by changing the demographics of our country, by opening up the border, increasing the population to have a uneducated, compliant population that they want to give citizenship to so that they can remain in power forever. And they want to change the demographics by moving those people around to different places in the country so that areas that are traditionally conservative will no longer be conservative. They're doing that by passing laws that make no sense, like fair housing laws that will withhold funds to states that they're entitled to from the federal government, but not able to receive unless they exceed 
to these laws that stipulate there has to be fair housing. I don't even know what fair housing means, but the that's a buzzword. And it really means putting low-income people who are going to vote Democrat in, who are going to get free stuff from Demo- from the Democrats, from the left, including their housing, into suburban or rural areas, areas where people actually work for a living. And this is all going to be on your back, on your dime, because you're the taxpayers. You're the ones who are funding this and working. And the government, the leftists, are going to tell you that this is the way it needs to be, because this is the right thing to do. These people who are pushing all of these agendas are the same ones who have spent the last week in Davos, Switzerland at the World Economic Forum, who praised China and envies their society, which is a single-party system. They don't have any pushback. The government creates all the rules, all the laws, and tells all their people what they're going to do. They have total control over the population. That's the aspirations of the left in this country. Um, take, for example, I'll just give you an example. In California, just yesterday, two pieces of information came out. California, as you know, is a single-party state. It's as close to communist China as you can get. There are dissenters in California. They really don't have any any say, any vote anymore. And those who are tired of this leave the state to go to places where they feel more welcome. And that just leaves a state with more and more people who are thinking the same in one way, which is statist, leftist um, uh, society. So in San Diego, they're trying to impose increased taxes on cars and drive people out of their cars into public transportation because that's what government does. And how do they do this? They do it by increasing taxes on your cars. They do it by increasing the um, the prices of gasoline. They do it by prohibiting you from having gas-operated um, vehicles and only electric vehicles, which right now cost more than most people can afford. They do it by increasing the um the how much it costs you to drive by uh creating toll roads which is what San Diego County is now doing they're creating 800 miles of toll roads and eliminating freeways so they're going to charge you by the mile and this is to drive people into government controlled transportation options and this fits right in with their master plan of of urbanization of suburbia and making making this into a a place where people can be controlled better and taking away freedom from them. They also have tried to pass a law in California that 
um, empowers a medical board to reprimand doctors who give out COVID disinformation. What does that mean? It means that if you are a doctor and you've conducted a study, you're Stanford University, and you conduct a study on COVID that is that is um, contrary to the statist, to the government, to the leftist position about COVID-19 and contradicts um, the, the masks or contradicts vaccinations. If their leftist medical board deems what your findings are as disinformation, according to this California law, they can reprimand you, including taking away your California medical license. Well, doctors are finally getting the backbone to fight back in California and have gotten a judge to um, to hand down an injunction to stop this law because this, quite frankly, is 1984 George Orwell stuff. And this has been happening here for longer than I can tell you, at least since the beginning of this pandemic, but way before that. And this stifles any kind of free information, but that's what the left is attempting to do. They want to prevent free information because the more information you have, the less power they have. Now, this control, of course, by the leftists, by the status, includes that over your health care. That is one of their top goals. You can't have a leftist society that succeeds without controlling people's health care. If you control your health care, you're not dependent on this society. But if they control your health care, which is something that touches people every single day of their lives, they control you. They control society. And these leftists will not be satisfied until they have full control over the care that you receive, from whom you receive it, and where you receive it. And they want you to be able to be grateful to the government for receiving your care. And to be, these people, the left, wants you to jump when they say um, to jump. They want you to say how high when they tell you to jump. When they tell you that you have to take a shot, otherwise you're not going to be able to get into a restaurant. They want you to take a shot because you're not going to be able to travel. They want you to take a shot because you cannot go to work and earn a living. That's the control that we're talking about, that the left wants over your health care. Never mind the fact that these people haven't proven that there is any benefit to what they want you to have. It's not about benefit. It's about control. And now we're seeing the curtain being pulled back on all of these measures that have been imposed 
on the American public, on the world stage, for that matter, for the last three years. And it ain't pretty. Why are we even still talking about COVID? That's that's the bigger question. It's no longer a pandemic. The virus is now endemic. What's the difference? Endemic means that you have a disease that exists in our biome. Our biome is the world we live in. So there are diseases that live in our world. Some of them have been um, eradicated with vaccination programs, giving sp- uh, small amounts of, of uh, reduced um, uh, viruses. I'm trying to, we call it attenuated viruses. They're viruses that have very little infective um, ability, but promote your own immune system, excuse me, your own immune system to produce um, immunity against that virus. And it's succeeded um, very well for many diseases like smallpox and um, polio and measles until the leftist view on vaccinations um, started to um, to percolate into our society and now um, we're seeing a resurgence of many of these once thought to be eradicated diseases. And isn't it ironic that the left who are are screaming about why do we need to vaccinate our children against these these horrible, horrible um, diseases that can have such incredible um, consequences in people's lives are the same ones who are saying that we have to put experimental shots into our bodies of genetic material that can alter our genes, our g- genome, and and uh, and for what? For what? For what endpoint? For what reason? They don't. They can't. They they give you an answer. They say, well, it's to to fight this scourge of COVID, but that's not really what it is at all. It's about seeing how far they can get over controlling your behavior. This is this is basically a test case. This is a this is a, a, a dry run through which the left can determine how far they can go at controlling what you need to do, what behaviors you need to um, um, engage in, what they can get away with to control your lives. And they have done a great job at at proving the point to themselves that they can go pretty far. People are willing to do pretty much anything that they say if the emergency is great enough. Now, I'm not um, denying that initially COVID was a a problem. It was it was um, an unknown. We didn't know what it was all about. It was scary, and you know, it's like when. When the uh, explorers um, introduced 
smallpox to the Native Americans in the United States. And they died in great numbers because they had no immunity to this new disease that they had never seen. That's what COVID was worldwide. It's what COVID was in the United States. The vulnerable died. And that is a crime. And we don't, we're not going to go into today the origins of COVID and why that happened, but it did. And the vulnerable populations, um, suffered greatly from this. And people were scared and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know where it was coming from. They didn't know what, um, uh, they didn't, uh, really understand how to, how to combat this. And there was, overreaction to what was happening. But here we are three years later still talking about COVID. COVID is here just like adenovirus is here, the common cold, or influenza virus is here, the flu. It's a bit more contagious, but the danger to healthy individuals has passed as the virus has mutated and evolved. And get used to it, folks. This this disease is here to stay and it will change and there'll be strains that will, some of them will be a little more contagious or a little more virulent than others, but it's here. And this nonsensical masking, I walk into hospitals today and there's still mask requirements in, in many of these hospitals, despite the fact that the CDC is saying that we don't really need to be doing masking anymore. Um, testing of patients before surgery for COVID. That's, this is like the, the most insane policy that you can come up with. Why are we just testing for COVID then? Why don't we test for every single possible communicable disease? It makes no sense. But it's mass hysteria and it's about control. The extent of this conspiracy, and it is a conspiracy, keep it, to keep this pandemic alive is beyond belief. And the cover-up and concealment of the information or the disinformation, yeah, the left is the ones perpetrating the disinformation that we're seeing. Um, the cover-up about the concealment about safety, of the vaccines, um, the efficacy of vaccines, it's actually criminal. There's now a body of evidence available that makes this point very clearly. I'm going to just touch on a couple of these before the break, and then we'll go a little bit more into it. One of the emerging stories came out of the British government, Um that was released yesterday. And the, the story is that the British government had data in October. October, okay? That was five months ago. The information came out yesterday. It was released yesterday by our government. This information showed that there was nearly identical rates of COVID hospitalization in vaccinated and unvaccinated people during the summer of 2022, during the Omicron um, wave of COVID-19. In some age groups, in some risk groups, the vaccinated people, the vaccinated people 
actually had higher rates of hospitalization than the unvaccinated people. For example, healthy 40 to 49-year-olds were more likely to be hospitalized with severe COVID if they received one or two shots or more than the unvaccinated. What does that tell you about the vaccine? Now, the British government showed this, and our government sat on it for the last five months. We um, are up at a hard break, I think, right now, so let's take it, and then I'm going to dive more into this and some of the other COVID cover-up stories and why this is happening and how it's hurting you when we get back in the next segment. So stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. We were talking about um, COVID. Why are we still talking about it? And the cover-up that exists in this country to hide the truth about what's happened over the last three years to the American people a cover-up that is perpetrated by the leftists who wish to control your health care. The British released yesterday a... Uh, or I'm sorry, our government yesterday released a study that came out of the British health system five months ago. And this information was um, released in a um, appendix to a report from its advisory committee on vaccinations. The data also showed that the mRNA boosters, the ones that are the Pfizer boosters, are now the most expensive and useless public health intervention ever tried on healthy adults under age 50. 
The British government study calculated that in order to prevent a single case of severe COVID, nearly one million healthy adults under 50 would need to receive a booster shot. That is absolutely ridiculous and unconscionable. And there's no reason for that other than either control, power, or somebody's profiting from it. It's one of those. Maybe all. It would cost over $30 million plus administrative costs to prevent a single case of severe COVID. The British advisory group called the joint, which is called the Joint Commission on Vaccination and Immunization recommended discontinuing boosters for healthy adults, calling it of limited ongoing value. We're not hearing that from our government. Again, it's about control. The British government health system is more about money because it is a single-payer government-controlled system of health care, and they look at health on a financial basis. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but in this case, they're showing cost-benefit, and there's very, very little benefit of treating a million people to prevent one severe case of COVID. The data further goes on to show that even for unhealthy adults under age 60, they're at very low risk for COVID hospitalization, and the shots do little to further reduce this risk in most people. When they looked at actual numbers, here's what it looked like. In unvaccinated people at high risk for COVID, those between the ages of 50 to 59, for example, they had about 1 in 45,000 odds of needing oxygen or ICU care um, during the last wave of COVID. The people who received one or two shots in that age group had worse odds. They had higher chance of needing ICU hospitalization or oxygen, one in 38,000. So again, the shots provided very little benefit. And I could go on with the numbers and and bore you with the actual numbers, but their studies showed um, a a clear um, um, clear evidence that the shots were of little or no value in uh, in preventing COVID um, uh, or preventing COVID complications. There's far more to this cover up conspiracy to hide the truth. The further along we go, the more this information will come out. And despite attempts to silence doctors, to marginalize those, like in California, who are trying to come out with the truth, who have the intellectual curiosity for the truth, and those who have the stones to discuss their findings in public, science will always prevail. And those who try to suppress it, who try to perpetuate crimes of cover-up, the hoax that's been perpetrated on people for the last three years, they'll be exposed for who we are. It's up to you, the public, to decide whether or not you want to 
punish those people, whether you want to change the the direction of our country, whether or not you want to continue to reward people who have allowed this to happen. There's a study out of China, and I know that this may be something that people will kind of poo-poo because it came out of China, but nonetheless, there's research, good research coming out of places all over the world, including China. And China, in China, there was a study that was reported um, last month that mice that received four shots had a collapse in their ability to fight the coronavirus. Now, it's very common for um, scientific studies to use what's called nude mice. These are mice that are, uh, their immune systems are wiped out and they can try different treatments in them. And that's a standard scientific, um, uh, you know, procedure. So, so mice are in, in this setting are a reliable model to be able to test for questions that we have in science. And the Chinese researchers showed that the damage extended beyond the antibodies, but extended to the T cells, um, the cellular immunity, the memory cells that people have. And this was a, a paper that was published in a respected online peer-reviewed journal called iScience. And um, let me quote what they their findings were. Our findings demonstrate potential risks with continued use of the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine boosters, providing immediate implications for the global vaccination strategies. We found that the protective effects from humoral immunity and cellular, cellular immunity established by the conventional immunization were both profoundly Im- impaired during the extended vaccination course. What that means is that giving shots over and over again impairs the immune system of people. And their final finding was that they should um, consider abandoning the immunization programs um, immediately until it can be proven unequivocally that giving these shots does not impair people's immune response. These mice appeared to experience immune tolerance or exhaustion of their immune system, and they were more vulnerable to infection than the mice who didn't receive any kind of shots. And it coincides with a German study that just came out two weeks ago that showed that people who received the mRNA shots have increasingly um, unusual immune system response after the second shot. This was published in Frontiers in Immunology, another peer-reviewed journal. Interestingly, one of the editors of the journal who reviewed this paper is a, quote, senior scientist at Pfizer. Evidence that Pfizer, the company that makes these shots, have known about this potential issue for at least a minimum of six months, which is when this paper was first submitted. And the paper showed that after the second shot, people began producing an antibody that fails to trigger 
a strong immune response after latching on to the coronavirus. So it produces antibodies, but the antibodies don't do anything. And this response was dose-related. So the more pa- the, uh, the more shots a patient received, the um, or the more mRNA the shot has, the greater this effect turned out to be. So, for example, the Moderna mRNA has three times the mRNA than the Pfizer shots and the these these um non-functioning antibodies were greater in the uh Moderna vaccine group than in the Pfizer group again calling into effect or into question whether or not the mRNA is even safe it appears that it is not. It impairs the immune system and it creates antibodies which are ineffective. The left is coming after your health care. Make no mistake about it. And it's not just enough to control you. They want to make you dependent. In the last omnibus bill, the one that just passed in the last Congress, there is a health care Trojan horse built into that. In that bill, there's a little noted provision in there that gives the Food and Drug Administration the power to ban off-label use of approved therapies. Where do you think that came from? Off-label use of drugs. If, If you're not paying attention, that's what people were talking about for the last three years with COVID, with hydroxychloroquine, or ivermectin, off-label use of FDA-approved drugs. Well, that's a no-no. You can't have that because the the uh, the the leftists, the statists, the the people who want to control your health care, knows that maybe there are therapies out there that work, but they don't want you to have those those therapies because. It'll interfere with their plan to give you what they want you to have. The FDA, according to this provision, can, without any public input, prevent a patient's access to such off-label therapies even though their physicians want them to have it, and even though those treatments may have been beneficial or even essential. I don't know if you know this, but one in five prescriptions that are written in this country are for off-label use of drugs because doctors have the ability to think and see what works for their patients and what doesn't. In order to get FDA approval, Companies have to go through an exhaustive process in order to show that for that one indication, that drug should be used. And it's just not practical. It's It's not financially viable. Companies can't do it. So as time goes on, doctors 
are using drugs that they think are going to be effective for particular problems. And in many cases, in most cases, those off-label drugs being used for indications that have not been approved by the FDA because the drug company did not specifically put in their proposal to the FDA that indication for their drug because they may not have known about it or they didn't think about it. But that's why they didn't do it initially, not because it's not effective or safe. They just didn't think about it. But because of this provision, the FDA can override doctors. Who does this affect? It affects cancer patients because these are the people who are getting off-label drugs. You know who else it affects? It affects kids. It affects children because they're 99, 99% of drugs that are used in pediatric care are not approved by the FDA for pediatric use. So does that mean we're going to stop giving children medications? Can you, can you imagine that? That's, that's what this provision gives the FDA the power to do. It gives the FDA the power to tell your doctor you cannot give that child that antibiotic because it has not been approved by the FDA for that purpose. This is, this is where we're going. This is the scary stuff. The other poison pill in the omnibus bill is the rising red ink from the federal health programs. And that's been baked into um, this bill, giving billions to prop up Obamacare or other indigent programs, um, uh, programs that are um, deemed necessary. You know, our border is being opened up. And who's taking care of those people? You are. The taxpayer is. I am. The doctors are giving that care. We're not getting compensated for much of that care. In order to make up for these financial losses from health care, there needs to be either massive tax increases, scaling back of programs, or both. And scaling back of programs means stealing from you, the Medicare recipients, the people who paid into this program their entire working life, who now are being told, oh, gee, I'm so sorry, but we have to reappropriate the money that was intended for your senior care someplace else. This is what the leftists want to do. The deck is being stacked against us, folks, as patients. Doctors are being taught the wrong things in medical schools. And what's happening? The medical schools are producing compliant drones who can't think for themselves but will simply fit in to this dystopian leftist system that they are creating. Curriculums are being deconstructed and replaced with diversity, equity, and inclusion, and gender expression. Anatomy is being replaced with a semester-long course on gender, learning the 
37 or more genders that exist out there. This is, this is absolutely the most ridiculous, nonsensical thing that, that has happened, but it's a destabilizing, um, effort and it's working. It's the same thing that's happening in schools all over America that are replacing reading, writing, and arithmetic with critical race theory and other Marxist bullshit. It's happening in in our medical schools, and that has profound effects. You know, people are complaining about our higher education system, and it didn't get to that point overnight. It got to that point over time by replacing teachers with people who are indoctrinating students and it's trickled down to high schools, middle schools, elementary schools, and now even preschools. Well, it's happening at the medical school level, folks. And when that happens at that level, it affects each and every one of us every single day with regard to our health care because these are the kinds of people who are coming out of the medical schools with garbage in their heads about what is important in terms of health care and taking care of you. There was an article that I just read that criticized medical schools for neglecting to teach students anything about business. In the past, this was unnecessary because doctors did fine in the world on their own. It was sort of like inertia. Doctors worked. They worked really hard. And they got paid. Depending on the community, they sometimes got paid in in uh, in barter, in chickens, in eggs, in beef. In other places, like in urban areas, they got paid in dollars. But they got paid. And um, and they didn't have to worry about about overhead, about about um, not making a living. They did just fine, and their patients did just fine. But as time has progressed, more and more parasites have found their way into the healthcare system because it is one fifth to one sixth of our economy, and there are a lot of parasites out there. A lot of of uh, I don't even want to call them people. They are they are basically subhuman who want to prey on you as patients and and take money out of your pocket that should be devoted to health care and put it into their pockets and feather their nests. So health care has changed over the past 50 years because of that. And the world that we live in today is very different than that in the 1950s, in the 1960s, hell, even the 1970s and 1980s. Um, at one time, doctors hung their shingle out and they did great. And uh, they went to work, made a living, did great. The, the um, parasites, as I like to call them, found their way into healthcare and um, figured out the, um, basically the grift. How to, how to, um, steal money out of the healthcare system. 
And the best way to do that is to prey on the people who are giving the health care, which are the doctors. So what were doctors told as this system was changing? Don't worry about business. Concentrate on what you know. Concentrate on taking care of patients. Leave the business to the business people. Leave it to us. We'll take care of the business. And that, my friends, is how the system changed. That's how it got to where we are today. Because these parasites took over. And doctors don't control the delivery of healthcare anymore. They're merely tools. They are the, they're doing the bidding of those who are controlling the healthcare dollars. That's to the detriment of each and every one of us. To you as patients, to me and my colleagues as doctors, and me as a patient. But that's where we are. And the less educated doctors are about, about business, the more dependent they are on these businessmen, these leeches. And the more and more they are going to be incorporated into a system that takes away their autonomy and takes away your healthcare choices. And so when this article um, criticizes medical schools for not teaching this stuff to doctors, this is merely um, a lament about their own inadequacies helping to prepare doctors for what's happening out there and failing them in being able to fight back and fight for themselves and fight for their patients. The medical schools now are populated by these leftists, by these Marxists, who agree with this one-party rule, this one-state system, this government control over everything in your life, including health care. So they're not incentivized to teach doctors about how to fend for themselves and how to... Um, to uh, uh, conduct business in this business environment that we now live in. I'll share with you a story in a, in a second if I have time, but the pub, public is buying into this nonsense about government dependency for health care. A new Gallup poll reported that a majority of adults believe it's the job of the federal government to ensure health care coverage for all Americans. But interestingly, most people prefer a private health care system over a government-run option. 57% do. But still, this is the highest number that want government control since this question has been asked by Gallup. People don't understand that they can't have both. People don't understand that health care coverage, meaning insurance, is not health care. And so the question I ask is, do you want to choose between government-run health care or do you want to keep your choices? Um, I think that the answer is obvious. And the answer is up to every single person. It's to reject the Marxist plan. And you have to think about this. I, I started, I led into this um, show today 
talking about how politics is everywhere. And what I laid out here with regard to health care can't happen without politics being the way that they are today, with Marxists being in control of so many aspects of your life. If this scares you, if this terrifies you, as it does me, you need to ask yourself, what am I going to do to make a difference? Well, there's something that everybody can do. I'm so sorry. There's something that everybody can do at the, at the, um, ballot box every, every single year. And that is to vote smart, not stupid. Don't vote for people who want to take away your freedom. Vote for people who want to give you freedom. And don't believe the nonsense that's coming out of the leftist controlled, um, propaganda machine. Because it, whatever they're telling you that the conservatives are about, it's just the opposite, and it's what the left is about. You know, I teach residents. I teach young people, young doctors. They come to me because they're actually hungry for business information because they know that I have it running a, a large, um, a privately owned medical group, not controlled by hospitals, not controlled by private equity, but run by doctors. They want to know how is how is that possible? How is that? Um, how are we able to do that? And I share with them what's possible and how that is better for them as doctors who want a career working for themselves and not for a, a, an organization that that succumbs to leftist ideology. And I tell them it's better for their patients how they are going to be able to give their patients better care and more choice if they're able to make independent decisions for their patients. So this is this these are the choices folks that everybody has. And this leads into another show that I want to do which would be what would I do if I were the president of the United States and how would I fix this? And how would I um, make health care, forgetting about all the other aspects of leftist Marxist, you know, garbage, how would I fix health care? And I'm going to talk about that in either the next show or the show after that. So I hope that you'll uh, tune in, continue tuning in to the Doctor's Lounge. I hope you support the Docs for Patient Care Foundation for the reasons that I laid out at the beginning of this show. And if you like this show and you like what we're talking about, then open up your pocketbooks and go to your computer and help us today. Thanks for being with us today. We'll see you next time. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.